master, and that means you take orders from the king. Do you understand that? Orders? Orders? I'll have a... I'll have a quarter pounder with teeth. No, 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 that's the wrong place. I'll have a... Uh, a Whopper! With cheese! No, 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 cheese, cheese stopped me up. Uh, uh, I'll have a Whopper with, uh, uh, hold the mayo. Extra pickles. I like mustard too, two mustards please. Ooh, and fries, a large fry. Lots of salt. Look at oh, Lawler. Wait, he's seething. No salt, doctor said salt's not good for you. <laughs> oh, ketchup on the side. Oh, milkshakes. <laughs> what kind of milkshake? Look at Lawler. Chocolate shake. Oh, no, 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 no. I like strawberry. Oh, no. Vanilla's better. <laughs> Lawler's only going to take so much. I know. But a second of thought, I'm, I'm trying to watch my waist a little bit. I'll just drink water. <laughs> hey, I don't know about you people, but I've had just about all I want to listen to this. Jerry! Idiot. Jerry! Okay. Oh! Oh my goodness! Oh no! I'm the crowd! Welcome everyone to World Wrestling Federation Action! I'm Vince McMahon along with the Macho Man Randy Savage. You can tell it's the Macho Man because he has on his glasses and his hat. However, we don't know who this individual is over to my left. Um he you, you know he is the undisputed Ooh Buckethead! A bucket head? Real funny. I'm gonna tell you something. Laugh it up now, Joy Boys, because all this hilarity is gonna come to a screeching halt. What are you laughing at? Huh? You're not laughing at me. I'll tell you something. When I get my hands on that idiot Doink the Clown, I'm gonna slap that silly grin right off his face. You laugh one more time, I'll start with you two. Boys and girls, children of all ages, One Man's Beat Podcast presents Acceptable in the 90s with Big Meaty Hooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooo
okay that was a bit of an extended taste test there folks well aesthetically pleasing it ticks most of the boxes but with regards to taste i'm afraid that this is not going to be knocking neck oil or even gamma ray off its perch but it's a very close third of the cans that we've had it's just not particularly taste bursting do you know what i mean you know when you first have a, a drink of a, a really good beer or energy drink if that's your sort of thing or anything in particular i'm, I'm waffling now i know and the flavours just grab you instantly and you know that that's something that you're going to have. Well, this for me, it's just very average. Um, it looks good though and hopefully, you know, these flavours will get a little bit better as the recording goes on. So we'll see how we go. And we wave a sad goodbye to Beavertown as we are joined by another brewery selection next week, which I'm keeping as a surprise for now. But there's no surprises regarding what was going on in the news as we take a look at all the happenings on this day in history on Monday, October the 4th, 1993. Troops and tanks of President Boris Yeltsin shell and occupy the Russian White House in Moscow, while people demonstrated President Yeltsin's regime outside the building. The Battle of Mogadishu, also referred to as Black Hawk Down incident, occurred, killing 18 US Special Forces, two UN peacekeepers and at least 600 Somalian militiamen and civilians. Former Manchester United and Coventry City defender Jim Holton died of a heart attack. He was capped 15 times for Scotland. But it wasn't all doom and gloom as Mariah Carey was at number one in the United States with Dream Lover. While in the UK... There was a new number one as legendary boy bands Take That teamed up with 60s pop diva Lulu for a cover of Relight My Fire, originally by Dan Hartman. The US box office was topped by Malice, a neo-noir thriller starring Alec Baldwin and Nicole Kidman, while The Fugitive enjoyed its second week at the top of the US box office charts. And I have had a deluge of fan mail in the last seven days praising our new Superstars correspondent, so without further ado, here's Willie-Ann Balls. Bonjour, my darlings. Je m'appelle Willie-Ann Balls, and here is his WWF Superstars Report for October 2nd, 1993. Recorded on August 31st at the Welsh Civic Auditorium in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You will have already heard Don the Croon's appearance on the King's Court, recapped from Wrestling Challenge. But in other action from the show, the Steiner Brothers, Rick and Scott, defeated Chad Miller and Tom Bonet in 3 minutes and 46 seconds in an, how you say... Banger of a match with the Doomsday Bulldog to Miller. Oh, j'ai mal au pied. Gorilla Monsoon presents a WWF update report on the intercontinental title situation, but it's nothing we don't already know. 
Ludwig Boger defeated Sonny Roger in 3 minutes and 3 seconds with the Torturac in a match that is, naturellement, mediocre. Jerry Lawler hypes Boger and plugs his appearance on the King's Card next week on Wrestling Challenge. Joe Fowler's face-to-face -face segment plugs the upcoming feud between WWF World Champion Yokozuna and The Undertaker. Jim Cornette and Paul Bearer did all the talking, so it was better than expected. Erwin R. Scheister defeated Gary Jackson in 2 minutes and 40 seconds with the right-off clothesline in a surprisingly solid match. Bam Bam Bigelow with Luna Vachon defeated Rod Bell in 1 minute and 42 seconds with the diving headbutt. During the match, Vince McMahon asked Randy Savage about his problems with Crush, as Savage says Crush refuses to respond when reached out to. Vince tries to dig deeper, but Savage says he has no idea and wants Crush to come clean. Doink LeClune's match is interrupted, as you shall hear after this reportage. Matty Genetti defeated Steve Moore, who looks an awful lot like Al Snow, in 3 minutes and 19 seconds with the Rocket Dropper in an entertaining encounter between both men. The Heavenly Bodies, Jimmy Del Rey and Tom Prichard with Jim Cornet, defeated Jean Paul and Reno Riggins in 3 minutes and 39 seconds when the Jiglo Jimmy Del Rey defeated Paul with a magnifique moonsault. It was excellent to see the return of the bodies in the WWF as well in an excellent match to close the show. Vince McMahon announces that next week we will see The Undertaker, Adam Bum, Men on a Mission, and Monsieur Perfect, plus an interview with Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon. And that is your Superstars reportage for this week, mes amis. I shall leave you with the fallout from the encounter between Doink LeClune and Bam Bam Bigelow. This has been William Bowles. Au revoir, my little pan au chocolat. We're back with more WWF action. However, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon certainly taking their sweet time gloating over their victory. I showed them the note that the, told all the things you said about them. I like so. that music. And look who is on his way now. Oh, look out, Bam Bam. Here's He's that idiot again. Here. here he comes. Clank is coming over here. Get out of my way. Look out. Get up. Oh, wait a minute. He's, uh, Bobby Heenan is... Uh, I've seen this before, and it's... Uh, yeah, whoa, 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 go ahead! Go ahead! Oh, yeah, I wish he would. I wish he would. Doink, with a pail of water! Will Doink spray Bam Bam? Will, will he throw it on Bam Bam? Or Luna? And, I guess not. Even Doink's not that stupid. Hey! Who's that? Who's it? That was confetti. Well, that's pretty good. That's and pretty funny. I like see that. what happens here. Yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow stating he's going to rip Doink's head off if, they, if he ever does something like that again. He's got a head left when I get to him. Luna does not like what happened to Bam Bam. Look at this.
competition for Buckethead of the Year is really getting tight. Shut up and watch this. Bam Bam Bigelow coming out to Dr. Clown. Don't jumping out of the ring. Look at the coward. Bam Bam Bigelow, I've never seen him this angry before. Look at this. Bam Bam is seething with anger. Look at it. Luna Vachon. Hey! First maneuver on the part of Doink. Look at Bam Bam coming after Doink now. Please catch this on. Bam Bam coming after Dr. Clown. Back on round and round and round. Dr. Clown now coming back over this way. What a coward. Hey, did he go? Dark just went underneath right the there, ring. Right there, right there, under there. Dark just went underneath the ring. And uh, pull him out of there. Bam Bam's too, I don't think Bam Bam can fit underneath that ring. He's too huge. What if he gets stuck? Bam Bam trying to, trying to find Dark. Is he going to pull him out or what? No, I guess not. Does it seem? He's vanished. Where could he be? Pretty funny, huh, Waller? No, it's not funny Luna, at all. Luna, this young man in the ring has been trying to console Luna. But, uh... Oh, hey, wait, off of her. That's hey, wait just a minute. Bam Bam Bigelow taking his frustration out on this young man. Oh, come on. He put his hands on his lady. Yeah, but this is uncalled for. That's no lady. That's uh, Bam Bam's uh, main squeeze. Look at this. Where is Doink the Clown? He went under. Wait a minute. What is he doing now? What's going on? Bam Bam, look over there. Doink the Clown is fooling around with, with something. What is he doing? But now he's going. He has a broom. Look out. He's cleaning up. Whoa! Should have done that. That's only gonna make Bam Bam mad right what there. What has he done? He's tied a wire across the floor. Bam Bam, look out! He's got a wire tied across the floor. Bam Bam, big old recount. He's coming after Doink. Bam Bam, big old there. Oh my goodness! Look at that. Awesome. I thought he was coordinated. Oh my goodness! Look, let's go back and take another look. It was confetti at first, but Bam Bam had to warn Doink the clown and then. Sean, she got her two cents worth as well. Look, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. this clown's <laughs> making a lot of enemies. <laughs> Quit laughing. Thank you, William, for that highly professional piece of journalism. That would be hard to follow, but follow it I must as we return to the New Haven Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut for the October 4th, 1993 episode of Monday Night Raw, recorded the previous Monday. We're already aware of the Intercontinental Title Battle Royal, but there was other action to witness as well, with commentary provided by Vince, Sign This and We'll Say No More About It McMahon, and Bobby the Brain Heenan, as the macho man Randy Savage is in action in our first match of the evening.
1,795 pounds in the square circle. Welcome once again, I'm Vince McMahon, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And Bobby the Brain, you know full well the significance of this battle royal. Well, this is like no other battle royal I've ever seen before. The weight, the amount of human beings in this ring and how dangerous. You can get blindsided, you can get a knee torn out, you can injure your back, you can hurt your neck. It's not always the big man that wins it. It's not always the little man, it's the lucky man. But then again, you have to wonder, look at what is at stake. The Intercontinental Championship, they would, they would beat up their own mothers for that title. Maybe you would. Over the top rope, by the way, is the process of elimination. Which unquestionably means this is one of the most dangerous matches in all of the World Wrestling Federation. When you have this kind of humanity in the ring, there's no place to run, no place to hide, Bobby Heenan. Well, only a coward would hide in a match like this. Sort of like you did years ago in Chicago. I remember one battle royal you were in years ago, and, and you were underneath the ring during the entire thing until you came out at the very end. Well, not a mark on me. That is not going to happen here tonight on Monday Night Raw, I assure you. Look, the bad guy, Razor Ramon, headed to the square circle. I'm going to have to pick Booger on this one. You're going to pick who? Pick Booger on this one. What about Adam Bomb? What about Diesel? What about Bam Bam Bigelow, Mr. Perfect? Well, the talk of it all here. None of my business. Yes, our much-hyped featured contest kicks off proceedings this week. The 20-man battle royal for number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship, with the last two remaining facing off next week. As Diesel, Mabel, MVP, not that one, Bam Bam Bigelow, Mr. Perfect, Bastian Bugger, Marty Gennetti, the 123 Kid, IRS, Tatanka, Adam Bomb, Razor Ramon, both Quebecers, the Giant Gonzalez, the model Rick Martel, Jimmy Snooker, Owen Hart, Bob Backlund, and the macho man Randy Savage fight for the right to, well, fight next week, I suppose. Savage immediately hits Gonzalez with a flying double axe handle to start off the match, then he's joined by several others to eliminate Gonzalez in his final WWF appearance. Heenan switches his pick of Bastion Bugger to the Quebecers because they can work together. The announcers talk about MVP, a.k.a. Steve Lombardi dressed as a baseball. Mabel then has a good old gouging of Tatanka's face while screaming every man for himself as Savage shows Bigelow how to choke a bitch. Pierre saves Jacques from being dumped out by Razor Ramon before we witness Diesel eliminating Mabel. Razor then tosses IRS over the top rope as IRS is held back by several referees. Jacques nearly eliminates Razor, but Savage makes the save, which is another example of Randy Savage not really knowing how battle royals work. Bugger gets rid of the 1-2-3 kid before Mr. Perfect eliminates Diesel by ducking a charge to take us to the break. We return to action with Backland on the outside as he was eliminated, but commentary either can't be bothered to tell us who did it, or they weren't paying attention. 
Jimmy Snooker gets dumped while charging at Martel as Marty fights off the model in the corner. Bigelow eliminates Perfect and then we see some near eliminations. Marty saves Savage but gets eliminated by Adam Bomb after missing a crossbody. Bigelow low bridges to Tanker to eliminate him as the Quebecers go after Adam Bomb. Savage gets rid of Bugger just after Razor was tossed through the middle rope by Bigelow. But Razor then runs in and clotheslines Bigelow for an elimination as we go to another break. The match returns as Owen Hart gets rid of MVP with a dropkick but ends up getting tossed by Jacques himself. We now see Razor and Savage in one corner with the Quebecers, Bomb and Martel in the other. The Quebecers go after Razor with Martel and Bomb beating on Savage. Savage avoids a clothesline from Bomb that ends up catching Martel though and then floats over Bomb and tosses him for the elimination. But after that the Quebecers and Martel get rid of Savage as the final four are Razor, Martel and the Quebecers. Razor gets cornered by the other three as Heenan plugs Survivor Series tickets selling out at the Boston Garden in less than an hour. Razor pulls upon the ropes to avoid a triple drop kick and then fires away and fights off all three men. Martel then holds Razor as the Quebecers beat him up, but Razor boots Martel away but is hit by a double slam by the Quebecers. Jacques then holds up Razor but is accidentally hit with a clothesline by Pierre and eliminated as Razor dumps Pierre, meaning that Razor will face Martel next week to crown the new Intercontinental Champion. And this match went 90 minutes and 49 seconds and was as entertaining as heck. Oh yes, I feel that strongly about it. The story of Razor overcoming the odds at the end was excellent and the match as a whole was put together really well. The crowd were up for the match as well, which is normally something that suffers with these extended tapings, so this was a really good way to open Raw. And after a hot start to proceedings, I was left wondering if it was my birthday, as the Heavenly Bodies returned to Raw to face Scott Taylor and Mark Thomas. Although Vince refers to them as Scott Thomas and Mark Taylor, because they hadn't written their names down on that piece of paper he gave them. I will stop with all that soon enough, I promise, because I'm sure Vince listens to this and I don't want to face a lawsuit myself. Anyway, Thomas and Pritchard start off, as Pritchard takes out the knee of Thomas. We get a tag to Del Rey and a back suplex moonsault combination. The bodies work over Thomas as Heenan plugs the Rock and Roll Express, making their debut on All-American Wrestling this weekend, with Heenan referring to them as one of the best teams of the 80s and how they have a problem with Cornette. I have found the match from All-American Wrestling, and I will be reviewing it next week. Taylor is in and Del Rey catches him with a back elbow smash before Pritchard hits a super spine buster. Pritchard then hits the vertical suplex as the bodies continue to beat down Taylor until they use a clothesline DDT combination for the win in 3 minutes and 39 seconds. And the bodies know how to deliver a solid squash, but a lot of credit needs to go to Taylor and Thomas, who were two of the better jobbers on the WWF books at the time. It would be nice to see the Rock and Roll Express in the WWF as well, and I do believe they're on next week's episode of Raw as well. We're then shown a recap of the Doink and Bam Bam Bigelow segment on Superstars, before we return to the ring as Doink takes on Corey Student. Doink wheels himself out on one of those red wagons and has a bin bag filled with treats that he tosses into the crowd. Doink also threatens to toss another bucket of water at poor Bobby Heenan, but it turns out to be popcorn, as Doink and Vince have a good giggle about it. Doink works over Student and then takes him over with a hip toss, before then hitting a standing dropkick to Student as the announcers talk about what happened between Doink and Bigelow. 
Doink now grounds students as Vince puts over his technical ability. Doink stays in control and then hits the whoopee cushion for the win in 1 minute and 57 seconds. After the match, Bigelow and Luna come down to the ring. However, René Goulet, his glorious haircut, and all the other retired and therefore useless wrestlers order Bigelow to leave the ring. Bigelow obliges and then beats on Doink's wagon before tossing it into the ring. And I love the concept of Bam Bam Bigelow. It gives me vibes of that fat lad down the pub who everyone gets on with because he could legitimately fill them in. I remember enjoying this feud back in the day, so I'm looking forward to recapping it again to see how well it has aged. The match was what it was and was mostly there so that Bigelow could get some reputation back after Doink made him look like an idiot on Superstars. And that's your lot, kids. Not a lot of segments, or at least nothing that was worth showing, and it's been a pleasantly pleasing wrestling-heavy show. Welcome back to more Monday Night Raw. Popcorn is all over the place. The wagon is all over the place. Bam, bam, bam Bigelow obviously would really enjoy getting his mitts on Doink the Clown, Bobby Heenan. Well, if it wasn't for the WWF officials that are threatening him with suspension and very heavy fines, he'd have gotten in that ring and he'd have done to that clown what should be done to that miserable clown. He should do to that clown what I'd do if I ever got my hands on the clown. I'd, I'd, I'd rip that hair right off his ugly face. Bam, bam, Bigelow and Luna should both get in the ring and rip him apart. Oh, really? Well, we're going to have a further word on that next week, no doubt. And speaking of next week, ladies and gentlemen, when we return, we're going to be talking to you about the Intercontinental Championship, the model Rick Martel squaring off against Razor Ramon. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. New WWF figures give you the power of Hulkamania, the knockout Prince of Virgil, the audacity of IRS, and the madness of the Macho Man. Collect new WWF figures now. Sold separately. Dig it. We're back, and Bobby the Brain has lots of popcorn to play with. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, one-on-one, -on -one, Razor Ramon squaring off against the model Rick Martell, and the Intercontinental title hangs in the air, Bobby Heenan. Who well, will take I, I'm going to have to go with the model Rick Martell, and I'll tell you why. We haven't seen him for quite a while around the World Wrestling Federation. I understand he's been in Australia, and I don't think Razor Ramon has seen much of Martell either, and that will be to his advantage. How's he going to beat the bad guy? with good, clean wrestling. We are now reliving some final minutes of the 20-man Intercontinental Battle Royal, and it was unbelievable what we were seeing here, Bobby Heenan. I mean, the Quebecers and Martel were taking their turns pummeling the bad guy. Well, look at Razor Ramon's legs there. They're rubbery. He's not even sure where he's at. Yeah. What city, what town, what state he's in. And then it was Martel's turn. Back and forth, look at the insults, the slaps, the jumping jacks. Martel with that uh, big grin on his face, the throw of sweat, and then Razor Ramon would start to make a move. Well, I don't think they thought Razor Ramon had anything left in him. And after that slam, I thought it was over. I thought they could have taken him anytime they wanted to. I think they just... could have. Why didn't they? Well, they're having fun. They're enjoying their work. They made a mistake. Face it. Come on, say it. They made well, a mistake. If, well, if Johnny Polo had been there, this would have never happened. Oh, look at that. Pierre eliminating his very own tag team partner. From there, it's Razor eliminating Pierre. We knew at that moment who exactly would be battling it out next week on Monday Night Raw. We knew that either Razor Ramon or the model Rick Martel would become the Intercontinental Champion. And I thought for sure, Bobby Heenan, they were going to go at it right now. Well, they don't want to wait for next week. They don't care. 
Get the officials out of there. They'll go at it right now. I believe they'd go through another battle royal just to get at each other right now. Razor Ramon and Rick Martel going through 18 other men, ladies and gentlemen. In the over-the-top rope battle royal, we got very lucky because apparently the official report is that no one was injured in this battle royal. What we have here is two men who have come all the way to the top and will face each other one-on-one -on -one next week. Wait, wait for next week. Let's have it right now. By next week, you're going to see a new Intercontinental Champion. One will walk away with the belt, and the other will be carried away. Next week, someone will win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Will it be Razor Ramon, the bad guy, as he puts his street smarts to the test to satisfy his hunger for the gold? Or the model Rick Martel, this proven veteran, back with his eyes on adding the WWF Intercontinental belt to his fall collection? What happens when Machismo meets Magnifique? Find out next week on Monday Night Raw. Well, now we go to my final thoughts. will have no doubt picked upon the fact that there were very little snippets between match recaps on the episode this week, and that's because there weren't any. Almost the full amount of TV time was given to in-ring action, and that's brilliant. All three matches delivered, especially the Battle Royal obviously, but seeds were sown for the Donk vs Bigelow feud and we got a hint of the Rock and Roll Express possibly facing the Heavenly Bodies. The action here really made up for what was a forgettable episode of Raw last week, and is a definite must-watch. So there's just enough time to see if we're 3 for 3 this week on good episodes of wrestling, as WCW Saturday Night emanated from where else but the Centre Stage Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia, taped on September the 14th, 1993. In action from the show, Harley Race and Worcester's hardest man Yoshi Kwong issue a challenge to former WCW International Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair for next week's episode. Sid Vicious, accompanied by Colonel Robert Parker, defeated Buddy Rogan in the usual one-sided fashion, in a match that went longer than expected, but was still only around three minutes long. The powerbomb won it for the big man from West Memphis, Arkansas. We got more amateur challenge videos, and this week it was all fatties, charisma devoid nomarchs, and a guy who seemed to have cut a promo on his lunch break from the bank. We then get highlights in heavy quotations from the International Championship match Stinker from Fall Brawl, followed by comments from the new champion, Rick Rude, saying that at the start of his career, he looked up to Ric Flair, but was stalking him while admiring his career from afar. Rude proved at Fall Brawl that he could be the man after beating the man, before wondering if Flair's fans have stayed by his side, or if they have left him. Stunning Steve Austin returned to action with a victory over Pistol Pez Watley with the stun gun in an excellent use of five minutes. Post-match, Austin joins Tony Schiavone for an interview. He states that Pillman is doing fine following his injury and clarifies that the rumours that the Hollywood Blondes are going to split up aren't true. Austin has his eyes on a few things as a singles wrestler though, and that includes Dustin Rhodes and the WCW United States Championship. 
Colonel Robert Parker comes out then and says that he's had his eyes on Austin since he first arrived in WCW. Parker believes that Austin would still be a champion if it wasn't for Pillman weighing him down. But Austin puts Pillman over as a great tag team partner, but Parker wants to make Austin richer with gold. Austin walks away, not interested in what Parker is offering, but Parker assures us that he isn't going to give up on someone he wants, because once Rob Parker admits that he fancies you, you might as well give in to it. The Halloween Havoc Event Centre was up next, which will feature at the end of this episode. Ric Flair then responded to Rick Rude's comments, stating that he's going to continue to be the best at what he does, otherwise he won't do it anymore. Flair puts over Rude as the champion and wants him to go to sleep being the champion. However, at Halloween Havoc, Flair's going to be the man again, stating that he has a reason to get up every morning, and that's to prepare harder for the championship. Worcester's hardest man, the King of Ning Ning, Mr Egg Fried Nice, Yoshi Kwan, defeated Bart Sawyer with the nerve hold. Commentary put Kwan over as a formidable opponent for Flair, and I think it could be an underrated match next week, to be fair. We then get footage of Tony Schiavone visiting the Shockmaster at its home. It turns out that he's invited all the kids in the neighbourhood to his house to watch cartoons. And you couldn't do that in 2024 without appearing on a database somewhere, could you kids? Schiavone wants to know the reason for the change of look. Because, you know, he was wearing that ridiculous Stormtrooper helmet and cape and all that. And now he's dressed like an out-of-work Bob the Builder. Well, the shopmaster says it's because he respects the blue-collar worker. Doesn't mean you have to dress like one though, does it Fred? Shivani then talks about shopmaster being clumsy and he agrees with that, but when the bell rings, he's in charge. A kid then asks for a balloon to be blown up, but shopmaster ends up popping it instead, and the little Ted's filled it with flour. And one of the young kids was Cody Rhodes, who had an excellent rat tail mullet and was legitimately Fred Ottman's nephew. And in the main event for the WCW World Tag Team Titles, champions the Nasty Boys defeated former champions Arn Anderson and Paul Roma in a far superior match to what we got at Fall Brawl. For a start, it went 15 minutes, but all 15 were paced brilliantly. The first 10 minutes in particular felt like 5 rather than feeling like 20 at the pay-per-view. The Nasties played up the heel heat with the crowd, the crowd were very receptive to it, and Anderson was at his cocky best. Rome has been the workhorse of the team really, but Anderson put the effort in here as well. The finish was a little bit off though, as Anderson purposely slowed down on the final cover, but that was my only real gripe. The match ended after Rome had gone on a hot tag tear, peppering the Nasties with slams and a dropkick. The champs are sent into each other to start the patented WCW tag match breakdown, and then plants knobs with a spine buster, but isn't the legal man. Roma comes off the top rope and has knobs, but Sags comes in and hits Roma with his boot while the referee is distracted with Anderson to allow knobs to get the win. And it was 3 for 3 this week after all that. WCW's 43 minutes just flew by, in a good way. And we get Ricky Steamboat versus Vader next week. And Lord Steven Regal defending the TV title against Arn Anderson. Oh, it's going to be well sexy. But that's for next week. So I'll love you and leave you. And in the meantime and in between time, remember, if it isn't the 90s, it's just not acceptable. See ya! Hello everyone, welcome to the Halloween Havoc Control Center here on WCW Saturday Night. 
I'm Chris Cruz. Halloween Havoc will be exclusively on pay-per-view in three weeks, Sunday, October 24th. The event to originate live from the beautiful Lakefront Arena in historic New Orleans, Louisiana. We have announcement of a new match signed. It's a return match for the world title. The champion, ravishing Rick Rude, against the nature boy, Rick Flair. This return match is unprecedented in WCW. Never before has a return match for a major title been signed for the very next pay-per-view. But it will happen in three weeks on October 24th. Earlier here on WCW Saturday Night, we heard comments from the new world champion, ravishing Rick Rude. We will have comments from Ric Flair later on in this program. And the main event of Halloween Havoc, spin the wheel, make the deal, Cactus Jack against Vader. Standing by now with comments about this potentially career-ending match is Cactus Jack. Six months ago, Vader, you made a lot of people mad. In one single moment when Human Skull met a concrete floor, you became a hated man in a lot of people's minds. But not mine, no. You see, in that one moment, I gained a little respect for you, a little more. I even gained a little awe. Yes, in that one moment, Vader, you became my hero! Because you did the one thing they said couldn't be done. You put Cactus Jack out of wrestling! You out Cactus Jack, Cactus Jack. And that deserves a round of applause. But now it's six months later, October 24th, Peter, and I'm asking you to summon the guts to get up and spin the wheel and make the deal. And on that one day, October 24th, I'm going to do you one turn better. See, I'm going to out Vader, Vader. And when that comes around, you make your chances and you live with the consequences and they won't be good. Bang, 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 bang. The ghoulish promises of Cactus Jack, but it's Vader who gets to spin the wheel. Will it be a Texas death match, a barbed wire match, or a chain match, or will it be Spinner's Choice? We'll find out in three weeks, Sunday, October 24th at Halloween Havoc. It's Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, Cactus Jack against Vader in one of the most bizarre matches ever in World Championship Wrestling. And don't forget, it's Ravishing Rick Rude against Ric Flair in an unprecedented rematch for the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm Chris Cruz. I'll have more news next week all about Halloween Havoc. Call your local cable company, the one you're watching right now, and be a part of this exciting pay-per-view event. More action in a moment right here on WCW Saturday Night.